This podcast episode is powered by Afropods, the world's number one podcasting platform for African stories. Hello, welcome to another episode of Thought Leader Interviews by the Kenyan Wall Street. My name is Ali Mwakaneno Gakweli, your usual host. And uh, we want to talk about privacy today. So today I'm sitting with Andrew Bon, who is Zoho's regional manager for Africa. And we want to talk about a survey that um, Zoho did with Worldwide Works on data privacy, especially for businesses in Kenya, Nigeria, and South Africa, and maybe discuss some of the nitty gritties, including details on why Zoho um, opted out of third party trackers in 2020. Welcome to the show, Andrew. Thank you for having me. So maybe just to ease into the discussion, Andrew, the journey to moving businesses online didn't start with the coronavirus. It's something that started before it, but then how did COVID-19 accelerate the digital transformation um, in businesses, say, in Kenya compared to South Africa and Nigeria? Well, I think it was, I think it was fairly similar in, in, in all the African countries is that, you know, COVID came in, um, there were various lockdowns, um, people had to work from home, businesses had to look at their tech infrastructure and, and improve it so that it was easy for staff to work from home. Um, and um, I had quite a bit of interaction with many businesses, I would say hundreds of businesses at that time, when they were grappling with the fact that they didn't have cloud technology in place. They still had servers in their, in their offices. People couldn't access the servers unless they were in the office. I had some companies, even a legal company, a law firm that we were talking to, the only way their staff could access their computers was through a remote desktop protocol application, you know, like AnyDesk, TeamViewer, or Zoho Assist. Um, so people were actually going home and having to then log in to their computer and then try and work on their computers. And it became a bit of a headache because sometimes the computers um, would be switched off or it was just, it was very difficult and security was always difficult for them to manage. So COVID definitely pushed everyone to this point where even consumers now, you know, you've got people that are 60 years of age know how to use Zoom because they had to log into a Zoom call to see their, you know, their a birthday of a, a grandchild or, you know, or to meet um, a, a baby that was born, one of their grandchildren. So you'll see there was just a massive acceleration of technology adoption. Um, and that's uh, has definitely benefited the tech industry, but it's, it's, it's obviously everything else like data privacy and security. It's also now had to accelerate to, to, to keep up with that. As you said, uh, with the COVID-19, we had some sort of change in behavior for, the, for both um, businesses and, and, and individuals. Of course, um, with the focus on businesses here, the the, the accelerated digital transformation. So for example, like um, accessing, you know, business information from, from home as opposed to, you know, doing it from the office where the infrastructure is kind of more tailored to that came with um, a set of risks. Just to mention, what are some of the risks that came with the digital transformation from both a business point of view and uh, from a consumer point of view? Well, definitely one of the risks was obviously data security. Um, you know, having people, you know, log in remotely into servers from home, 
um, and not being able to really manage your network of devices was very, very difficult. Um, the other things were, um, you know, employee experience. Employee experience is vitally important to a business. And if your employees are frustrated or unhappy and can't work or the tools that they're using um, don't allow them to be efficient or to be able to offer a good customer experience to customers, then it's also, you know, quite a big problem for a business. So we saw a lot of that, a lot of employees getting frustrated and, and then the knock-on effect was customers were frustrated because they would phone the office and the, and the, the receptionists would say, sorry, um, we're all working from home and I actually can't put you through to the person you need to speak to. The only thing I have is email. And so it just, it, it just it made that whole experience very difficult. And so the companies that were prepared, the ones that had you know, VoIP telef telephony systems built into their cloud um, tech platforms, they were able to do it because the staff could go home, log in, and ourselves, Zoho, we had to move 10,000, more than 10,000 employees, we had to move them to work from home, and we did it in a matter of three days. And it's because we use our own technology to run the business. So we've got our own built-in, you know, telephony um, solution. We've got our CRM. We've got gee, more than 50 applications that we use. And it's easy. We can log in on any computer. Uh, we've got an authenticator app that authenticates our, our um, identity. So it's two-factor authentication. So that's even an extra layer of security. But we can literally go anywhere in the world, find a computer and log into our workspace. So um, that was the, the kind of the major thing is that, you know, the companies just weren't prepared and their staff were getting very frustrated as well as their customers. So of course, with the digital transformation, um, especially from a business point of view came um, the need to find new ways to, to reach customers online. Um, what are some of the trends that maybe you've observed during the, the COVID-19 pandemic in ways which businesses try to reach their customer in terms of marketing their product as well as, you know, obtaining information that would help them to tailor their offering? Yeah, so, I mean, we've been talking about customer experience. That is like one of the biggest topics now out there is that, um, you know, you, you can do, you know, your direct marketing, but it's going to be more and more difficult with these privacy laws to obtain people's contact information. So the, the most important thing is for, for businesses to have technology in place where they can manage the data that the customers do give them, but create a really good customer experience. So we saw a lot of companies um, would you know, provide educational like uh, webinars for their customers to, to log in and see. They would do a lot of um, educational emailers and um, and testimonial videos, and it's it's just really rapidly increased the focus on digital marketing um, because obviously now with everyone working from home and with the the um, the the large scale adoption, you know, where we see this older generation now even wanting to use social media and and being able to easily log into a video call. Um, it just made everyone focus more on the digital marketing space. So I'm, I'm happy you've talked about um, digital marketing and which kind of builds on to where I, I want the conversation to go. Um, the survey that you did with, with Walter Walks kind of focuses on, on privacy and specifically looking at 
how businesses interact with uh, third-party trackers. Um, could you just demystify this for us a little bit? What are what are some of the tools which businesses use to obtain customer information for advertising purposes? And um, what are third-party trackers? Just before we head into head deeper into that. Okay, so third-party trackers, and I'm going to try and explain this in the most simplest kind of terms, is where um, you visit, let's say, a website, right? That website then, when you accept the cookies and you accept to be tracked on that website, the necessary cookies, it will then pick up a unique identifier. So it's kind of like your ID number, and it will know exactly which device. It'll know, you know exactly... Um, who you are and what third party trackers do is it, it collects data as you move around the internet and you browse. So it will then share what website you went onto previously and it will share with um, what type of websites you visit. It could also share things like your username. Um, and just to also explain about, you know, the cookies, where it is beneficial or, or where it, I would say, helps people is let's say for instance you go into an online store and you decide you want this product and that product and then what you do is you close your web browser okay when you log into that online store again it knows who you are and it already has your cart with those items that you selected so that's how kind of cookies operate with this unique identifier the problem with third party is that it shares information as you browse the internet as you move to website to website it shares what you've done it creates a kind of profile on you and when that data falls into the hands of people that are going to use it not for good that is a big concern are you trying to say that um that party trackers like cookies are some it's like some sort of um digital footprint in the internet sand Yes, correct. So it's, um, you know, with that unique identifier, it knows, you know, potentially who you are and what websites you've gone to, what type of websites you've gone to. Um, it also helps with identifying, you know, if you save your password, um, it'll identify, you know, who you are. And, you know, if you say, remember me, when you log into something, that's what the cookie will do. It, it, when you go back into the website, it will remember you because it can see who you are with that unique identifier. In your explanation, you've kind of mentioned um, what these things do for, for, for customers in terms of just making their online experience simpler. What's the benefit for, for, for businesses? How do third-party trackers like cookies help businesses sort of boost their sales and meet more customers? And what's the downside for them still? So the, the upside is that you can really track someone. You can know exactly where they go on the internet. You can know what type of interests they're interested in, what websites they're looking at. Um, you can potentially, you know, pick up their, um, their general location, their geolocation. Uh, so that helps you then for remarketing or for targeting these individuals. And it also helps you for um, seeing exactly where the person comes from off um, not only your website, but it also shows you where they've been on other websites that you might have your links put on. So that's the positive thing. You can really find out where the person came from when they do come to your business. The downside is that all this information is being shared and collected and stored by these major corporations. 
Uh, and unfortunately, sometimes there's data breaches. So you can imagine there's a, a company out there that has so much information, personal information. You know, there was even a, a free website, um, what was a free antivirus software. And what it was doing is uh, it was actually collecting all the websites that people were going to and it got hacked and all the, the browser data was released into the dark web. Similarly, um, there was, I think it was um, a credit card company was then sharing offline purchases with a large, um, you know, a tech company. And then they were able to check, they were able to track you on your online purchases and they had all the information of your offline purchases and they had unique identifiers to match you to everything. So the biggest concern is data privacy, is, is that these companies are sharing this data with more and more companies. And when one company has a data breach, that information, including your unique identifier, gets pushed out into the dark web and we you know it can be picked up by many different people. And my biggest concern is that there are, there's companies or there's organizations out there that are harvesting huge amounts of personal data to the point where they might even know you better than you know yourself. Think about it, how we are tracked. I mean, even if you're watching Netflix, it knows what type of movies you're interested in. If you're using things like Spotify, it knows what type of music you listen to. It could also then um, link to social media and, and understand what you listen to when you're feeling depressed, what you listen to when you feel good. Um, and so that is also then sensory surveillance where it can pick up on what you're doing in your household. If you've got a device that's got an, a microphone in it and you allow it, you know, and you, you opt in to them being able to listen to the, or to use the microphone. Also um, what you say and different keywords that you, that you talk about can also be used and tracked. So it's, you can't just look at it as a small little thing. You, you have to look at it as in, the data is, is getting leaked in certain places because of um, lack of security. And the problem is that there is this maybe greater organization that just knows more about you than, than you know yourself. Whenever you, you talk about data leaks, it, it sounds ominous, given that recently um, we had word that LinkedIn was partly hacked and some of the data for its users was, was out there. Just to bring you back a little bit, what, what is some of the information that is collected by third-party trackers that could be potentially used against a, a user? Yeah, so, I mean, one thing that, which is good to go to is there is a website called You Have Been Owned, except the O in owned is actually a P. So it's You Have Been Pwned. Okay.com. If you go to that website and you put in your email address, it will tell you if your email address has been involved in a data breach. Okay. And um, so that is one thing that is there is your email address, right? It can be used as a unique identifier. Um, you know, if you put your phone number into a social media platform, the social media platform is also going to have your phone number, which is also an even better unique identifier of you. And the trouble is that people could potentially then, you know, phone you or phone one of your loved ones and they'll have so much information about you, you know, and, and a lot of people say to me, oh, but, you know, it's never going to happen to me. I mean, what, what do people really want from me? 
the problem is that it's building. It's building more and more and more. It's not just then, you know, the phone number, the email address. It's it's your habits. It's your geolocation. You know, some apps need to store your location. Um, some there are some applications out there that people use to um, manage their medical health and their medical data, and that's also going to be out there if it gets leaked. So the biggest worry is that this information is there and the data laws are being put in place now to make these technology companies accountable. And all the data privacy laws say, if you are negligent or if you do not take enough care, you will be fined or there will be imprisonment. Uh, and so now it's important that these privacy laws or these, these um, data privacy regulators that enforce the laws, they need to enforce it and they need to punish these companies that think that they can slack off with security or that they can allow this data to be shared with other companies. And that's why you'll see in the um, Apple iOS uh, update, it was the 14.5 iOS update. And, and for everyone that doesn't know, that's the operating system on the Apple iPhones. They allowed the users to decide whether they were happy to be tracked or not. So they could say yes or no to be tracked every time they went onto a, an application, okay? 87% said no. They do not want to be tracked. So if we take that and we, and we see, you know, this is where it's going. People don't want to be tracked. People want their privacy. They don't like the fact that their, that their data is being harvested. And with our research that we did with Worldwide Works, it also showed that these companies, they want to use these third-party trackers, but they are also very concerned, you know, about how these trackers collect data and how they store it. So it's, yeah, it's, it's very important that um, it's just, you know, there's more awareness out there. And, uh, and as far as things that can go wrong, um, you might not hear about them. Uh, we did hear one story where there was blackmail, where, uh, you know, the dark web got hold of a whole bunch of people's browser history. And then they started blackmailing them saying, oh, we're going to release your, 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 your browser history if you don't pay us. Um, and, uh, and also other things that we have heard that are kind of really, really worrying is also um, in one kidnapping, uh, there was data that was used from online surveillance. So it's just important that we make people aware of this and companies must be aware of it and the data laws must police it so that we can have a more secure um, technology future. Before we get into, into the role of uh, reg regulation um, that you mentioned, just to our listeners out there, um, what, when, when Andrew is talking about businesses being concerned with regards to um, the, the, the privacy the privacy of their customers. Um, it's based on the survey they did. And in the survey, they found that in Nigeria, at least 85.3 of businesses that use third party trackers, you know, confess that in as much as, you know, we need this kind of information from, um, from users out there, we're still concerned of, of their privacy. And that was the highest between Kenya, South Africa, and Nigeria. In Kenya, the figures were slightly less than Nigeria. It was around 55.7, whereas in South Africa, at least 74.1% of businesses say that they were concerned um, of their customers' privacy. But Andrew, back to you. On the three parties involved here, we have the customers themselves, 
and the businesses that need this information to serve the customers efficiently. And then, of course, we have regulatory bodies and the law. Um, what are some of the things that a user can do from, from a user point of view um, in case they feel like, you know, what this business or this website is um, taking in too much information from me and I need to find a balance that allows them to serve me efficiently without having too much? Yes, so that's been the main kind of focus is that these companies have been doing it um, and they've been you know, putting in place these privacy policies that are these really long documents of legal, you know, with legal words. Uh, and it's very difficult for a consumer or a user to understand. Every time you go into a website, you just click accept, you know, and you don't properly read through the long pages of the privacy policy. And so it's going to be important now that, that, that users take time to find out what the technology system that they're going to use, what it's going to, how it's going to use their, their data. And I have to give you one prime example is a business in South Africa. Uh, we had approached them to, to discuss technology and they came back to us and they said, no, it's okay. We use a free um, support desk ticketing system. I said to them, well, I've never really heard of it. It doesn't sound like it's a competitor to us. And this company, by the way, is a very well-known retail store, a very big business. Um, and so I said to them, I said, well, let me research it for you. I'll come back to you in a day. I went and I researched this company. And in its data privacy, um, it did say that the users, uh, the, the reason that they offer it for free is that they do advertising. Okay. And, and that's what this person said to me. He said, oh, but it's just advertising. I read deeper into their privacy policies and it said that they can also access and use the data that the user puts in to each ticket. And what a ticket is, is basically it's a little form that you fill out as, a, as an employee of what the customer is having an issue with. So I said to him, I said to him, you know, the next day I said, we've researched this and the ticket information is accessible by this now technology company. And I said, what are you putting into your tickets? And he said, oh my goodness, he was shocked. He said, we put in email addresses, we put in phone numbers, we put in people's delivery addresses when we have to deliver things back to them. And so he was so shocked. So it's important that people read the privacy policies of the technology that they're using. Be very careful of free technology. You're, most of the time you're paying with your data or with your customer's data if it's business technology. Um, and so that's why there's a big push with GDPR, uh, which is the European data law. And with all the laws, there's a big push for companies to be more transparent. They need to tell people when they're collecting information, why they're collecting the information. They need to make it easy for people to understand the privacy and security policies. So they can have a long you know, legal document, but also to have like, um, a page where it, it has bullet points of exactly what they're doing with it. We collect your email address to communicate with you. You know, we collect your email address to retarget advertising to you. You know, they need to be clear with how they're using people's information. And so that is kind of the most important, you know, part of um, the technology and the privacy. And it's what the users and consumers can do is actually to just read carefully more when you're going to click accept. And um, you, you mentioned something that really caught my attention, which is uh, sort of businesses can take an extra step in providing, you know, utmost clarity 
uh, with regards to the purpose of the data that they collect. But then still, we've seen well-meaning large organizations globally, you know, subject to data breaches and um, countless of customers' information was out there that could be potentially used for any malicious purpose, you know, which, which begs the question, beyond third-party trackers, what are other options for, for businesses that would still allow them to, you know, offer their services um, and know their users with the same or better efficiency? Well, you can still use your first-party trackers, you know, trackers that will tell you uh, where people are going on your own website. Uh, it will it will give you, you know, certain information that you collect. Obviously, you need to be transparent and tell them why you're collecting information. Um, like I said, if you're collecting someone's email address and you plan to remarket to them based on the email address, you need to let them know. Um, another important one is is to improve your customer experience. You know, the, the information that you do have, if you have a customer's email, um, and if you maybe, let's say, request that they give you their birthday, let them know that on their birthday, you're going to offer them a coupon or a discount voucher, or you're going to send out a small gift, you know. So use the information that you are given and make sure you give the customer such a good experience that they then market your business to their friends, family, and business network because we see so much more on social media of people asking for recommendations. You know, they'll say, oh, I need, I need a, um, a, a good plumber or I need a good electrician or can anyone tell me the best place to go and buy uh, a computer? You really want people to have such a good experience from your business that they go quickly and they tell their friends, no, you must use this company. I had such a good experience with them. So that's the other thing. And then also be more, um, I suppose, um, what is the word? Just have more interesting content that you provide to your to your customers and, and content that you market. Market solutions to people's problems. Market um, education. You know, educate someone about the, if you are selling solar panels, educate people out there about what's the best type of solar panel and what's the differences in different solar panels so that it's easy for them to see that your business is one that's really, really um, clued up about what they need. And so they will then obviously come to you. Um, so yeah, we'll see, you know, obviously with the Apple um, update and 87% of people not being wanting to be tracked, it's going to be more and more difficult for detailed targeted marketing, um, but you'll still be able to target on topics. So you'll be able to also do marketing, contextual marketing. So you'll be able to say, okay, well, I am selling uh, surfboards. So you want to make sure that uh, your surfboards are marketed on, you know, a surfing type of website, or you can go and you can market it on a, let's say a surf contest website, or you can go and market it on a, a water sports website where you know that your potential customers might be. Um, that's my advice on, on kind of marketing going forward without having to make use of these third-party trackers. When you talk about um, sort of businesses moving away from third-party trackers to adopt, uh, allow me to use the word safer trackers for, for the customer, we have to talk about you guys. So Zoho, of course, decided to remove third-party trackers from its website last year. What are some of the implications that you have noticed in, in your business and what was the rationale behind that decision? So let's start off the rationale. The rationale is that Zoho 
has a very firm stance on privacy and security. We go out of our way to make sure that our customers and the customers of our customers, that their data is secure and private. And so we've never had any ad-based, even our free Zoho apps, where we have quite a few apps. I mean, we've got more than 50 applications that we've built for businesses. And we have free versions of those apps. Even the free versions, we don't do adverts. The other thing is that um, you asked about the, you know, the impact. I mean, we did see it is, it is now harder to track exactly where someone came from. So it does, it makes it a little bit difficult to know exactly where a lead came from. Okay. So we maybe would have maybe dropped off slightly um, on lead conversion, but we improved on that lead conversion because we had more customers coming to us because they saw that we have such a serious stance against, against third-party trackers. And we have such a strong um, you know, value around security and privacy. So where we, where we might have lost in not being able to maybe convert leads with having the tracking, we actually gained customers because they saw that we were so serious about privacy and security. Do you think businesses that maybe smaller, smaller businesses, and I'm looking at this small delivery guy based in, in, in Nairobi or Joburg, do you think uh, such businesses would still benefit from similar trade-offs like you have at Zoho? Um, it, it is tricky to say. I mean, I've had a lot of people come to me and say, oh, I'm such a small business. What do I have to lose? And I say to them, well, it's, it's your reputation. Any business needs to build loyalty and trust with its customers. And that's if it wants to you know, successfully grow into the future. And so even if you are a small delivery person and let's say you're documenting people's phone numbers in a book, you need to keep that book safe because if that book gets out and people then can see who you're delivering to, you know, it, it could potentially, I mean, it might it'd be a low probability, but if those people find out that it was your book that was taken, you know, or let's say you used some free software and they found out that, you know, uh, the data was leaked through you, then you're going to lose credibility and trust. So it's important to just have that, build that kind of value system or that culture in your business. Even if you're a one-man business, two-man business, uh, you, you need to build that culture of being mindful of people's privacy so that people will trust and you can build on that trust and that you don't ever break that trust because trust is very difficult to get back once it's broken. In the spirit of, of course, being mindful of customers' privacy, there's the role of, of the regulator here. And you know what? Um, we've seen quite, quite progressive regulation, especially in, in South Africa with regards to data privacy last year. And uh, I was wondering what, what more could, um, could African countries in the sub-Saharan Africa do to enhance data protection, especially for, for their individuals? while still supporting, you know, businesses to operate with accountability? So, I mean, it's also about education. You know, if a business is using a technology, um, turn on multi-factor authentication or at least two-factor authentication. And what that means is when your staff are logging into your tech system that has all your customer data, make sure that it sends them an SMS or they use an authenticator app to make sure that that is your staff member because it's very easy for maybe your staff member's password 
to get leaked out and someone then has access to your your system and can access your customer data. So I would say educating, you know, the staff and educating businesses on what they can do to be more secure. Um, And another kind of, I suppose, benefit of these data privacy laws is that the consumer is going to have a bit more power in, in, in saying, I consent to this, but I don't want you to do that. And if someone, if a business does, let's say, bulk SMS them, they have the ability to say stop or opt out. And that company must not then bulk SMS them again. I mean, we've seen in South Africa where these bulk SMS companies send an SMS, the person replies and says stop, but that doesn't really stop them, you know, but with this law, people will be able to then report those types of instances. Um, and, and so I think the fact that the law is in place now and there are consequences and we'll obviously only see, uh, especially South Africa, the data privacy law poppy has uh, only been in place uh, for the last, what, nine days. But um, we'll see once the regulator starts passing judgment, you'll be able to see that, that people will now start taking it even more seriously. Last question, Andrew, and, and, and again, this is totally off the script. Well, governments especially have a lot to do uh, with regard to telling companies to give enough room for customers to opt out of, you know, a certain a certain service or a certain, you know, sharing platform, like, as you say, bulk SMSs. Don't you think it would be more proactive if, if companies could first seek, you know, um, the customer's consent before this data is shared? That way, those customers that don't bother to opt out are not necessarily opted in in the first place. So exactly. So that's part of, I know, specifically for the the, the Poppy Act in South Africa, um, as of the 1st of July, you actually have to ask consent before you start direct marketing back to the people uh, who inquire at your business. So that is in place within the South African data um, privacy regulation. and I, I, I'm pretty sure that that is the norm around the world with all the new data privacy laws being put in place is that uh, you should ask consent first. And some people have said to us, oh, but now it's another step in the process for customers. It's not going to be a problem because everyone will have to do it now. It will become a norm. People will, uh, it will be now normal when you log onto a website and put in your information for you to receive an email that says, do you consent? So yes, it is another little step, but it is there to protect, you know, people for unlicited un- uh, emails being sent to them and um, for for there being, you know, this this um, kind of um, infringement on people's privacy and, and data. I think um, you, as as a regional manager from Zoho, would be in such an ideal position to to answer this. You know, with the new data laws taking effect, you know, in in South Africa, for example, with, with the Poppy Act and uh, maybe in Kenya, since we recently installed a data commissioner, you know, there are going to be those changes. And some of these changes will, of course, come at a trade-off. So, for example, like you you found out in the survey, businesses say that 31% businesses say that, you know, the new data laws came with increased cost of governance and um, loss of analytical data and others confess that, you know, um, doing business now came with increased complexity, as well as the loss of potential leads, simply because you can't, you know, exactly pinpoint some of the customer information. What is your word of advice for, you know, to businesses that will have to adjust to this? Because, you know, the change in data laws is inevitable. 
Yes. So my advice is that embrace it. It's going to benefit your business because at the end of the day, yes, it's going to be more difficult, you know, um, because you're now having to ask for consent and you have to put in an information officer and you have to read up on the, the, the laws and the regulations and make sure you don't do anything wrong. And it's going to benefit us because um, we know in the past that people are just unhappy because, because their privacy and the data is not regulated. So, um, and you'll see in the research we did, a lot of companies said that, um, I think it was like 70% of companies in Africa, they did not know about the local data privacy law. But those companies said that they had privacy policies in place already. And what that tells me is that, yes, they've got the privacy policies in place. So they care about their customer, but they don't necessarily care about what the law is saying. And I'm saying now, you know, companies, yes, you care about your customer, make sure you comply with the law. It's only going to benefit you. So it's going to be, you know, extra steps in, in processes, um, having maybe an extra staff member, the small businesses will have to obviously do lots of research to make sure that their information officer knows exactly what they need to do to comply. But long-term, it's going to better benefit everybody. And so that's, yeah, that's my opinion on these, these protection um, you know, protection laws. Thank you so much, Andrew. This is all I had for today. Um, to small businesses out there, you know what, in as much as the new changes that come with regulation will come with a few trade-offs, in the long term, it's going to pay off. Andrew, thank you so much for joining this podcast. And I look forward to having more discussions with you and Zoho. Yes, thank you so much. All right, have a good day. Thank you, you too.